0: Just fantastic by Nicola Morello! Ciao, ragazzi, and welcome to another edition of Serie Sit-Down World Football Index's podcast to get your culture to go. I'm Frank Crivello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing on this Tuesday evening, huh? Well, we're moving it around on everybody. I I figured people didn't want to watch us when the Super Bowl's on, and uh, we would have been on. I think we would have been on when that halftime show was on, so we definitely wouldn't have had anybody. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, you know, and then last night being Valentine's day, interestingly enough, Milan weekly podcast wanted me to come and be a guest last night. And I was working this out with Presidente last week. And I said to him, I said, okay, yeah, if you want me to get a divorce, then yeah, I'll come on on Valentine's day. It just happens to be my wife's favorite holiday of the year. So yeah, we're doing this on a Tuesday night. Um, just trying to, you know, accommodate our own lives a little bit, make our own lives a little bit easier. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, next week we'll be back into Sunday night mode. Um, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, yeah, I uh, last night, well, you're right, it's Valentine's Day.
1: And we both want to stay married, so we didn't want to do any podcasts or anything like that. We don't want to compete with anybody else. And so, obviously, Sunday was out. Monday was out. So, naturally, we're on Tuesday night. Yep.
0: So, um, how about that halftime show?
1: Yeah, was right. Not bad. Not bad. I,
0: I, I liked it. I, people... See, this is the
1: thing. You said it was it, a little bit worse. A little bit, oh, it wasn't as good. It was pretty close to Prince's one is what you said, I think, right?
0: Yeah. I, I, I For me, Prince is the standard that everybody has to yes. follow. Yes. Um, I would also put U2s up there because, I mean, theirs was the one right after 9-11. And mm. um, I think they struck all the right chords with their performance that year. Um, but this was up there with those for me um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I just, I, I enjoyed every part of it. Probably the, you know, the 50, I had the kids in the room. Uh, so the 50 cent part of it had to go on mute. Um, but, um, uh, but overall, uh, yeah, it took me, t- t- took me back to some, uh, took me back a good 25 years. I'm sure I am sure took-
1: I think if this performance and I like the performance, I agree. Uh, for me, Prince is the pinnacle and like, it was, it was good. It was a good performance. I've seen a lot worse for sure. But I think, this would have been better and would have been even closer to Prince had this been like 10, 15 years ago. But I yep. digress. Um, so they all doing their thing. Mary J. Blige still looking good. So yeah, yes yeah, it's done.
0: Yep, Yep, Um, It's just, it's the it's the need to sensationalize everything. Something so great happens, people just want to just jump on this bandwagon right away and say, oh, this was the greatest ever. You know, we've got people saying that this is the greatest Scudetto rates in their lifetime. Um, and I'm not... I'm not ready to buy into that yet. I know that there's a number of contenders, um, but five. I could come up with yeah. some. Um, you think there's five? I think there's three. Um,
1: I think there's five. Yeah. yeah. So okay. The difference is there's four. But, okay. Uh, um, yeah. No, it's a good race this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think the 99 race was, was better. Um, came all the way down to the last day where Milan had to beat Perugia. Lazio had to fail to win on the a uh, last match day. And that's exactly what happened. And, uh Milan beating Perugia 2-1 goals from Andres Gullimin Pietro remember him and uh Oliver Bierhoff oh Um, yeah just uh you know dating myself a little bit just remembering that uh title race and uh the manager of Lazio at the time Sven Goren Eriksson
1: yeah he was whatever happened to him by the way he was a guest on the Italian football podcast so uh yeah he's been on there a couple times already so yeah other than that I don't know what he's been doing um but uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's uh, a name that many people know, not only on the peninsula, but all throughout Europe and, uh, and world football. So yeah, that's uh, fond memories of, uh, I'm sure, Laziale have of him. So um, this you're, you're right. This, this Scudetto race at present seems like it could be a good one, but it could be end up where it's a blowout at the end of the season. We don't know. We have to wait till the very end. And to match that 99 season, this is going to have to be a three, four, five horse race till the very end. We'll see. We'll
0: see. Yep. Um, the year that uh, Juve edged Milan um, with one of the remaining games uh, down the stretch when Milan hosted Juve and Trezeguet scoring the goal to to win 1-0, that was another fantastic race. Uh, Juve's first of their, uh, what was it, nine straight um, yeah. that they edged out Allegri's Milan, um, the Sully Muntari non-goal, the difference, uh, you know, in that race. So there's there's plenty of races that were very very compelling. This one is good. I don't know if I'm ready to to, to call it the greatest yet. Um, certain people want to do that, and that's okay. Uh, there's also people that think Calcio has only existed for ten years. So yeah. um, you know, well, we can so say it's,
1: this is a very competitive league this year, which is great. We had so many teams that are competitive as opposed to the past. So this is great. it's, yeah, it's I mean, we'll see how
0: it ends up. Well, yeah, you look at England, France, Germany, and Spain; they're all already done, pretty much. Yeah. You know, so this yeah. is it. Yeah. Um, this is it. If you're looking for a compelling weekend and week out, uh, you know, title race and what the teams are up to, um, you know, this is where we're going to go. So, um, two big games uh, on the peninsula this past weekend, Richard. Um, we will have uh, our recap of Napoli and Inter. We'll follow that with our recap of Atalanta and Juventus. Uh, we will. Uh, put the rest of it in a nice little batch uh, for everybody to, uh, you know, to digest and kind of pick out certain things that we, uh, we enjoyed out of that. Uh, We'll give you a preview of Wednesday's Champions League game between Inter and Liverpool. Um, And then uh, follow that all up with the world's most popular hashtag game, who won Calcio Twitter. Some pretty interesting entries this week, Richard. Um, I'm going
1: to be surprised. So I can't wait. I can't wait.
0: So uh, so we've got a packed show for you. Uh, just get yourself comfortable. If, you know, if you're listening to this on the drive into work um, or in your office or, or wherever, uh, you know, we appreciate you taking the time uh, to spend getting your calcio fix with us. Uh, we'll start with Napoli and Inter. Richard, um, a top-of-the-table clash going in. Inter was first. Napoli was second. Um, big, big game. Uh, some players coming back. Uh, you know, for Napoli, that certainly helped. Well, let's get into their lineup. We got Ospina in goal, Di Lorenzo, Rahmani, Koulibaly, and Mario Rui uh, across the back. Um, double pivot of Fabian Ruiz and St- uh, Stanislav Lobotka. Um, it was Politano, Zielinski, and Insigne with Ossiman up front. Um, thoughts on the lineup. One player in particular that I thought was a very smart inclusion, Lobotka, but I want to hear what you have to say about this eleven.
1: Yeah, no, it's a it's a very strong lineup, uh, I think. And I, I do I, I agree. And I, I know Rafa, Rispo, uh, recently we were having conversations about the best midfielders. I think it was actually last podcast or maybe two podcasts ago, but the best midfielders in Serie A. Uh, and, you know, we mentioned several of the, the Napoli midfielders. And, you know, he mentioned that Lobotka is actually having a pretty good year himself. And he's, uh, he's, he's been such a strong player for them. Um, even when Anguisa is not in there, he's doing a very good job. He, he compliments Fabian very, very well. Good to see him in the lineup. Um, I like seeing, well, obviously, Kulibali back, but you know, Ramani and Kulibali. I thought that was a, a strong, the strongest pair that they have. I think, in my opinion, um, you know, Mario Ruiz is a little bit weak on, on the wing, but overall, I think this lineup is pretty decent. Um, we'll talk about some substitutions or the lack thereof by Napoli later on, but this lineup, I was good with it. How about you?
0: Yeah, I thought that this was the, I thought this was the right combination of finding where you can get at Inter with where you need to stop him um you know di lorenzo is a, is a solid defensive right back a good guy that you could have there to match up with perisic coming at him a little bit although perisic played well we'll talk about him in the inter lineup here shortly you know Mario Rui is about the be- is really the best you can do at left back right now for anopoly and, and he can get forward he can get you some crosses you know defensively can be a liability you know so in my pregame notes, I, I wrote down. I said this sets up really well for Denzel Dumfries yet again. Uh, gets another left back that he can pick on, get high, get some crosses, create some, uh, create some havoc. Um, I love the Lobotka inclusion because that's what you can you, you put him in here to deal with Barella. Uh, you know, coming in there to you know to kind of find those little cutback runs uh, when the ball is wide for Inter and some of the spaces that Barella likes to get into behind the forwards off the ball. He's really the key guy that does that for Inter. Going the other way and Lobotka's presence negates that. And I think throughout the course of the 90 minutes, it negated that. I thought that was a very smart inclusion by Luciano Spalletti. I was interested. It was interesting to me. I think they're to a point where Zielinski just, you can't really sit him. You know, in the derby, Pioli was fine with not starting Diaz and going ahead and starting Kessie in kind of a Mach 10 role um, because he just kind of gave up that territory to Brozovic to start the game and then could introduce Diaz at some point to change change the dynamic and I think in this case Spalletti who do you put in that spot and you can't really do that and then bring Zielinski on maybe play Zielinski from the start put some stress on Brozovic and don't make him a factor going forward try to frustrate him you know a little bit so you know so so Spalletti went the other way uh you know in that case and then um I mean, if if Inter are going to have problems with Olivier Giroud, they're damn sure going to have problems with Osiman, um, you know, as they did. So I was happy with, you know, it didn't have any complaints about Spalletti's lineup. I thought, I thought he made the right choices here. Um, moving over to Inter, uh, you know, tried and true pretty much: Andanovic and Guls, Guglielmo De Vrai, Di Marco getting the start over Bastoni. Um, same five men that started in the Derby started uh here uh Dumfries Barella Brozovic Chalhanolu, Perisic and then of of course uh Lautaro and Aiden Jekyll. thoughts on inter
1: yeah pretty pretty standard lineup um you know most of these players did play in the Coppa Italia during the middle of the week and so i i wondered if they're going to be tired or not um De Marco was an interesting one for me uh but you know he seemed to do decently you know a lot of people were down on him especially after the derby uh, but I thought he he did okay in this game. Uh, but that midfield five really is what the strengths is of this team. Well, their defense, right? The, the, the two main guys in the defense. But um, those that midfield is very strong. And so what could they do to – you knew Napoli is what they're trying to is as, as a possession, right? And so how could this midfield five break that up and really co- create some chances for them going forward? Um, and we're going to be into the game from the beginning of the get-go. We've seen a couple games this year where they kind of started slow and they had to pick it up at the end. So could they could they wake up from the beginning and and punch Napoli in the mouth and really go at them? That was going to be the question with this lineup. I mean, this is a is a fantastic one of their best probably best eleven that you can give you can go with them. Um, sure. So yeah, it was,
0: it was a great lineup. Sure. Thought this would be a Dumfries game, but I actually thought with how Napoli were positioned, um, this was going to need to be a Chalinolo game for Inter, and it wasn't. I thought Chalhounolo was disappointing in this game. Yeah. Um, Surprise, I thought surprise. he needed to step up and pick passes and provide some kind of range that could ask some questions, you know get some of this uh, you know compactness off of the the, the forward combination of Martinez and Jeo. Um, but but Chalanolu did not influence this game for me. Um, it was a disappointing performance from him. Um, and I think he's a guy that needed to step up. Uh Barella for me was canceled out by Labotka um, you know when you take a look at it there. Uh, I thought, you know, Dumfries and Paris had their joy, and I think that you they, they continue to do so. Um, I thought that those were bright spots. And, you know, it's an inter-team that, you know, I asked that question. I said, is this a trap? You know, they just had the derby. They lost that. Uh, you know, they, they, they had the win over Roma in the Coppa Italia, uh, you know, at midweek. And now they got this game with Liverpool on the horizon. You know, how much more can they – and this is the question I'm asking of Inter here as we move forward. We talked about this, you know, uh, I've tweeted about it, you know, Napoli have had their adversity. They've lost players. They've got they're getting them back now. Milan have had a lot of adversity this season. You know, when you consider what they've gone through. We've explained it enough here. Inter haven't faced that adversity yet. I have not found a point in this season where they've been pushed or things haven't gone well for them. They haven't been tested. Um, and I think we're starting to get into the middle of that now. I think we're really starting to ask the questions of Inter, you know, where up until this point, they were in cruise control. You know, they were yeah. destroying the, 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 um, the, the, teams that they should destroy. Um, they were finding ways to get the three points against the seven sisters, uh, where they could get them more splitting points. And the first Derby was a draw, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they were accumulating points, working their way up, getting first place. We thought they'd be winter champions when it was all said and done, just based on schedule that happened. Yeah. Um, and now the fixtures are getting congested a little bit. Um, and this team's depth is being tested. Um, does it surprise you that Simone Inzaghi doesn't rotate as much as maybe he should?
1: No, not really. I mean, we kind of saw this with Napoli, or excuse me, um, Lazio, where he really had his you know his best 11. Different beats, though, because Lazio, they really didn't have any depth, and he had to go to starting 11 right, most of the time. Uh, and that was so good for them when they went to the Scudetto push a couple years ago that, that, that starting 11 could do it. But now he's got another another team with a lot more depth. You know, he, you know, Joaquin Correo hasn't even seen the pitch that much lately, uh, but they got so many players at different positions that they could put in there. I mean, obviously DeMarco starts in this one, but yeah, it was it's surprising. You know, he should, someone should tell him like, Hey, we have depth. We have some players. We can give some people some opportunities. Um, he's given some here and there uh but you know we've seen like guys like you mentioned chelanolo starting to dry up recently we'll see how he if he wakes up for the derby coming up or even the liverpool match um but yeah not using the not using the bench as much as he should we have seen a little bit more alexis recently um seeing some of the midfielders to get cameos late in the games but you know what you're talking about is rotation where guys get heavy minutes during the game and we're not seeing that it's it's the same almost the same 11 maybe top 13 or some of 14 guys you see but yeah it's it's pretty surprising not surprising but it is surprising it's Surprising that he's a top Serie A manager. He should know better. We could, I guess we could say the same thing with Sadi, right? He doesn't do the same thing. Uh, but it's the same. We've seen this before in Zagi, so maybe we shouldn't be as surprised, right? Right.
0: Um, It's almost, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting to me. And I think that. You know, we saw what Milan did in the derby last week with, with Pioli. He started a, a lineup that said in, – in a season where you're still getting five substitutions, you know, you're seeing managers get creative. We're going to talk about Atalanta doing this here in a little bit. Um, but you're starting to see managers get creative with their lineups and putting something out there to start with that doesn't necessarily tell you that they're going for the win right off the bat. Maybe tells you a little bit more of, you know – how, how they're going to work their way into the game, how they're going to just try to keep things tight. If they can luck their way into a one goal lead, then then they'll be happy to take it. But generally you're talking about, you know, getting out of a half nil-nil, um, you know, maybe behind by a goal, something like that. And then you're seeing substitutions that now comes on the creativity after you've made the other team run and press and create and 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 expend a lot of energy trying to generate chances to get ahead of you. Now you start hitting them with some different things. Um And you challenge them and they don't necessarily have the legs to defend and deal with it. Um, You know, you wonder if Simone Inzaghi should look at this and say, this is a game where Vidal should start over Chalinolu. For a couple of reasons, we need to give maybe give Chalanolu a little rest here, but, you know, have him do some work here in the midfield, have him break some things up so the ball doesn't get to us and do what Vidal does, aggravate people. I mean, he's a little bit l- older now. He's a little bit slower compared to where he used to be. Um, but then later on in the game, you introduce a Chalanolu um, you know, and then you, you bring that guy from the midfield who can pick the passes and who can play people through after Napoli have done all of this work. You, you just start asking some questions because, you, you know, you saw Saudi's Napoli a few years ago. He just ran the same guys into the ground and then they lost steam and they lost subsequently lost their grip on the title. Um, this is something that I think Inter fans should start to think about and be concerned, that if he continues to trot out the same lineup and the same guys generally – um, you know, had DiMarco instead of Bastoni. Every three days, y- you're going to get to a point in the season where the legs start to go away a little bit, yeah. and they're too tired to keep up the pursuit. And th- this is something that I think that Inter needs to think about, um, yeah. and Nzagi needs to think about.
1: And you mentioned the Milan match because that's what Milan did with you know a certain like a brute person in the midfield to kind of. Mess up the the interflow in that game, and in this yeah. game, you think they would have done the same thing with Napoli because Napoli is very much a possession team, and if you can put in a bruiser or someone who can break that up, like you said, it would make life a lot more difficult, make that possession a lot more difficult for Napoli, and really give Inter a chance to yeah. use those wings, to exploit the weaknesses there for Napoli. And they didn't do that. Uh, yeah. They gave Napoli all the time in the world to do what they wanted to do, and 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 because of that, Napoli had some pretty good chances in that first half.
0: Yeah. Um. So. I mentioned that I anticipated the interback three to have all sorts of problems with Alsiman, and that didn't take long. In the first five minutes, he gets taken down in the penalty area. This actually had to go to a VAR review, which kind of surprised me. Um uh but the penalty was awarded. Lorenzo Insigne converts, one-nil to Napoli. Um, look at you. <laughs> We don't have, you got, you got, we got, we don't have like actual live video highlights, but we can do the stills, huh? We don't want to get taken off the air, so we stick away from the video these days. Okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I like that. I like that. But Lorenzo uh-huh. Insigne, there he is. He's happy. Um, And Pol- is that Politano behind him celebrating and it jumping? Looks like it,
1: yeah. That's probably yeah. where he got hurt. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, Insigne makes it a uh, goal to nil and Napoli off and running. And uh, right now, the things that, they hope to have working or working and and the perfect start for the part will pay. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, and it's, again, Ossiman being the such an exciting striker that it's hard to contain him, right? And when I, when I saw the play live, I wasn't sure if it was a foul. I mean, you see Osimhen go down, but you're not sure exactly what happens. You watch the replay, you're like, oh, yeah, that's easily a foul. That's a, that's a good call, good penalty there. And obviously, Lorenzo gonna, Signe is going to step up and, and take it. And, and great finish by him, as you would sh- as as you expect. Uh, from him on the, in the penalty spot. And so, yeah, up one nothing, and I think it's a deserved lead. I think, you know, Napoli were trying to definitely create chances early on, and um great way to get a start on this game and really put the onus on on Inter to really come out a little bit more, maybe give, give Napoli even more freedom to try to go down and get more, more chances uh, on their own. So, yeah, good start for Napoli, and it's certainly a deserved lead.
0: And then Politano's forced off in the 26th minute. Elmas has to come on. A first half that Napoli controlled. Um... And could have put this game away in forty-five minutes, but should have very, very wasteful with their chances. It has to be said.
1: Yeah, you know, with this possessions they had and the, and the opportunities they created, they should have they should have put some away. I mean, um, Hondanovich you know, was left for dead a couple of times, and it just did not put their chances away, like you said. And you know, we've seen this time and time again. There were certain certain teams when they play other big teams, and when you miss your chances, it always comes back to bite you. Um, and you knew that by them not getting that second goal, you knew that other goal was coming for Inter. You knew it because that's just how it works. And Inter are built like that, they will always come back in those situations. They're, they're a very tough team. Um, so yeah, it, that was worrying me there, you know, especially I know Napoli fans were getting worried because you want that insurance goal. Yeah, the two goal lead is, yeah, it's the worst lead in, in football, but I'd rather have a two nothing lead than a one nothing lead. I don't know you, Frank, especially in a big game, you want to have that two goal lead. So Ah, uh, that that was worrying signs that they were not capitalizing on their chances. Yes, they were getting chances, but you got to put them away.
0: Inter get the better start in the second half. Um, they start coming alive. They start coming into the game. I mean, it's it's it's. I think it's Inzaghi regrouping his guys at halftime and saying, "Guys, that's as bad as we can play, and we're only down one nil. We're in this game." you know, find a way to get something. And I mean, I think that they were, at the same time, they were very, uh, their chances were limited and they were wasteful when they, relatively wasteful when they had them. Two minutes into the second half, Martinez gets across that the Napoli defenders have trouble. I believe it was Koulibaly had had an issue dealing with. And um, was it Koulibaly or was it Rahmani? I think, was, I think
1: Rahmani. I think Rahmani. Okay. Koulibaly was but it, there, but Rahmani wasn't messed it up.
0: Anyway, the second ball falls to Dzeko, and he puts it away, beats Ospina at his near post. 1-1 uh, at that point, game on. So it, the exact reason why when you have your chances to put away a team, you know, in the first half, you do it, uh, now enters back in this game.
1: Yeah and you know for those who didn't see the goal you know the cross comes in from Lautaro um Dzeko goes for the header it's a horrible header cuz it's going way wide but it hits into Romani Romani loses it bounces fortunately back to Dzeko and what a fantastic finish to put it away Koulibaly was there but nothing he could have done about it cuz he was starting to turn the other way expecting the ball to go around uh, Ospina nothing he could have done about it with that finish so yeah those wasted opportunities come back to bite Napoli immediately into the second half and I mean that's the way you want to start for for Inter Inter they didn't come out the gates that great but uh, of the first half, I should say. But, you know, they, they re, re, rebounded again at, at halftime, came out with a better mentality, and obviously scoring the goal right away puts it into the game and uh, game on at, at that point. And that's the last thing you want to, uh, if you're an Napoli fan, is get give up that goal so early in the game, So or early in the second half. So, yeah, good good for Inter there. Um, fortunate bounce, like you said, but, hey, Jacko puts it away. Big game player.
0: Yep. Um, but still – the, you know, they had more of the ball in the second half, but the better chances went to Napoli. Um, and uh, probably vilified for the derby. Uh, you can argue that he should have stopped yeah. Yeah. Giroud's winner, uh, but he made three important saves in the second half to help uh, Inter preserve the point uh, yeah. and prevent Napoli from overtaking Inter for first place at the moment because this was on Saturday. Milan were playing on Sunday. So. Um, it has to be said, I think you have to give Handanovic some credit uh, for his role in this game and his role in helping Inter at least preserve that point. Yep. Um, full-time 1-1. Uh, best player on the pitch for me, though, was Khalidu Koulibaly. um yeah. I, He covered everything. Um, I, did you see the uh, recovery and the sliding tackle on Dumfries? Oh, that was beautiful. That yes. was beautiful, man. Uh, <laughs> so comes back after winning the African Cup of Nations with Senegal, um, and puts on a defensive puts on a, a, a tremendous defensive clinic. Uh, I think Napoli, you know, un- unlucky to concede the goal that they did to Inter, um, but in the end, uh, they share the points. Um, Napoli will probably regret sitting with the draw more. Uh, Inter, uh, this is an opportunistic point for them. Uh, it was not a good Inter. Uh, over the course of 90 minutes on Saturday. Uh, but they got the goal that that preserved the draw for them. Um, and when you start adding the points up and uh, if Inter start if inter win the title, it will be because they were able to just, you know, games like this where they're able to hold off Napoli long enough to find a way to get one, to, to, to get a point out of it. Um, these are the kind of results that help uh, build a title campaign, in fact, for both teams. Um, but if you're Napoli and you're trying to win the Scudetto, this was a, a great opportunity, uh, to get three points over the team ahead of you and, and to come up short, uh, has to be disappointing for them and their supporters.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, a draw suits both teams cause neither lost. Right. And so they're, they can be happy about that, but I agree. I think Napoli, especially getting that goal early, they were thinking upset here, upset in, in terms of placing the table, um, they're thinking if if they get a win in this, they are a viable contender for the Scudetto, and everyone in the league is going to know it. Um, the Napoli fan base already believes it. The rest of the league will probably wake up to it because there's still the the question. Some people are still questioning uh, whether Napoli are real contenders or not. But they get they give up the late goal, and Inter shows the strength that they have mentally, where they can get back into the games. Even we've seen it time and time again where they've been behind early, found a way to wake up, and then really did what they had to do to get the draw at least. Um, the, I think. Some of this blame of, of Napoli not winning this game or, or creating more chances at the end, even better chances. Yes, Handanovic has, did well, and Rafa Rafa Biz uh, from the Rafa and Rafa rant, um, he brought this up in the fan cam reaction. Is that like the substitutions by Spalletti didn't show they're going out for the win? Looks like they was going for the draw after after a certain point. Um, didn't really bring on the players. Like where was Dries Mertens and all this? Right? Where was Petagna? Um, where are some of these players? Where is it? Where is that? Let's go for the win. No, it wasn't that. It was like let's let's. Okay, we got the point. Let's let's just get out of here without any losses. And I understand that to to a point because you're playing Inter. But at some point at this season, you're gonna have to get points over Inter if that's gonna be your main rival for the Scudetto. You're gonna have to get more points in somewhere. And what better place to do it than a game against them head to head? Uh, Because if it comes down to head to head at the end of the season and you're tied on points, let's. Why not why not take the victory here, right? So that I think from a Napoli's perspective is disappointing. Uh if you're looking at Juventus or excuse me, uh, uh, Inter, yeah, they got a draw on this one. It was, it was a decent result. Would they like to win? Yeah. But um, I think overall they can be satisfied that hey, they took a big punch from, from Napoli in the first half with a goal early, took a couple waves. Yes, there's still some waves at the end of the, the end, during during the game at the second half, and Handanovich had to bail him out, but overall they did what they had to do and they, they who knows they may have stole a point at the uh, st- could have stole the game late you know had they been fortunate and they um they weren't uh but so I think both teams are okay with this but Napoli like you said uh probably going to rue the missed chances a lot more than than
0: even or than Inter did so agreed agreed and I yeah I'm looking at these substitutions right now Juan Jesus for Piotr Zielinski um and I don't know if that just is they just decided let's go with a three-man defense and See if we can get the wingbacks pushed forward and see if we can get some width going. But then, if you do that, why are you taking out your aerial target and awesome for, for Dries Mertens? It's yeah, yeah, yeah those it's just some puzzling, uh, you know, some puzzling things here that turned up. Um, you know, and Inter. I mean, see if they have the legs for Liverpool on Wednesday. We're going to get to that and preview that, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's going to be it interesting. Is. So, um, but we'll pick back up. But like I said, I think the draw flatters Inter. Napoli were better. Um, And, uh, you know, now we're running into this. You know, the Derby loss, this draw not looking particularly good. Is this the beginning of that, you know, little bit of a slide here for Inter that might help, might slip, uh, might slip them a little bit. You know, we keep talking about So we'll see. Um, But. You know, like I said, I this is one that Napoli let get away, um, you know, and if they come up short by a couple of points here in the table, this is a game that you can easily look at and said you had this one, um, which, by the way, shout out to Raf and to Anthony from, uh, um, uh, from Inter Worldwide uh, gave us some fan reactions that you can check out here on our YouTube channel um, on the Napoli Inter game. So you can get some uh, more perspective from the fans themselves, uh, you know, on that game. Um we were the we're, we're just giving our neutral perspectives. <laughs> so exactly, exactly. Yep. So all right. So that was Napoli and Inter. Let's move on to Atalanta and Juve, Richard.
1: Yeah, it's another big game, right? Another big game there between Atalanta and Juve. Uh Atalanta be the were the host in this one. Uh referee was Maurizio Mariani. Uh so look at certain the lineups in this one. Uh, this is obviously gonna be a big game in the sense that both teams are vying for the for the fourth spot, fourth Champions League spot. Um, I, I consider both these teams included into the, into the uh, we'll call it outside chances for Scudetto, but they're certainly in the top four race, uh, battling for that four spot at the moment. And so looking at the starting lineup in this one, uh, Marco Sportello actually getting the goal in this one. Juan Musso obviously got the red card in the last game, and so he's suspended for this one. Sportiello uh, starting this one. Uh, they went with the back three of Toloy, De Morel, and Jimisti. Uh, it must be said, every time De Morel starts against Juventus, he turns into like Cannavaro. He's very, very good against Juventus wants to show what he what they're missing uh midfield five of Hatabur, Deroon, Freuler, Zapakosta, and coping and with jeremy boga and luis muriel at the top thoughts on the lineup in particular the insertion of jeremy boga the new man uh for
0: atalanta um the second i saw this lineup i i said this is this is uh protect the goal kind of stuff um when you have Musso, especially with Musso suspended, um, you have you know guys that are going to invite Juve to have the ball. Um, do what you can to deny getting the ball into Vlaovic. Um, and then break with Muriel and Bogo, who is a forward pairing that could put a lot of pressure on the center back pairing for Juve just by pulling them apart with the way they run uh, with the ball and without it. Um, Kambilaso's with us. Sam lays with us. Good. We got some guys in the chat. Finally, they're turning up. Good to see them. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I like, I like the lineup. I like how Gasparini started this game by having, and we talked about this earlier by having a melon. You, you know, Malinovsky is going to come on at some point, but deal with what Juve is going to throw at you first. Keep them at bay. And then you can get to a point where you can introduce malinowski and and guys that can potentially change this game for you. Um, so I like what they did, um, you know, in that in that respect. And I liked I actually thought Boga was really good in this game. Um, I thought he created a lot of problems. My only criticism of Boga, I found him to be a little greedy. Um, I think he had moments where he had, you know, the the, the extra pass was there for. Uh, for someone else to finish uh moments where Muriel was on in yep. the box moments where Cup Miners was finding some space and getting in there Hatibor um that he, instead he kept it and, and, and took it himself which you know I'm never going to tell an attacker not to do you know my 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 10-year-old boys that I coach if they you know if if they pass up the pass and they take the shot I'm never going to yell at them for the for that because okay you saw something you thought you had the finish I'm I, you know i don't want to make you nervous about shooting so you know if you see the chance and you want to seize it and take it go ahead so i i thought this was a a protection kind of lineup and certainly looked that way when we when they win which we'll talk about as the game flowed on um certainly looked that way when the when they played out there
1: yeah and i thought it was interesting. Um the midfield i guess triumvirate if you want to say Darun, Freuler, and and koopminer's kind of they were there kind of to mitigate what you know maybe juventus could do because we know if you look at this lineup for juventus and we'll get to it in a second uh their their weakness is the midfield so if you can control that midfield which i think is trying to go with with this lineup you have a better chance of winning the game um, i thought yeah. the i thought the uh, boga though he is a new man him and koopminer's actually look like they've been playing for a long time and they the chemistry is there i agree boga kind of took the uh more chances than he probably should. But it seemed like at least those two were hitting it off like they had been playing together for a while. So that's that's good to see if you're Atalanta. Um but yeah I agree with your points about um about their their start lineup there. Um any other thoughts on the,
0: the lineup before I move on to Juventus? Zappa Costa on the left was interesting. Yeah. Um yeah. No me you know, United, unless. So. You know, if Gasparini saw something where he could get the ball a little in higher positions, cut inside and 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 strike with his right. But he never really got an opportunity to do that. But every time you saw him get into the into Hube's corner with the ball, there was never going to be a left footed cross. It always came back to his right and he's crossing in swingers and things like that. So that was weird. Um, You know, but the rest of it, you know, made sense. It was pretty easy to figure out what Gasparini was trying to do with this lineup.
1: Yeah, you know, I agree 100% in this one. And the question is, could they, could they capitalize on what they were trying to do, what the coach wanted to do? Uh, moving over to the row team, Juventus, uh, Wojciech Szczesny in goal, as always. Uh, they went with Danilo, Delict and Banucci in the back with uh, Matteo De Sciglio, who's been coming on of late. Uh, midfield would be Weston McKinney, Locatelli, Rabiot with the front three of DiBala, Vlahovic, and Morata. Obviously, this is a front three that's very, very potent, but also of note in this game, it was Paulo Dybala's 200th game. Um, 200 appearances, I guess, with Juventus, I should say. Uh, he was always going to be the key man, I think, for me in this lineup, Frank. Thoughts on a certain lineup and and
0: what role, I guess, Dybala could play in this triumvirate in the front? It was too narrow. Um, not having Quadrado for me, I think, from the start, Um was an issue, but I also understand what Allegri was going for here with Danilo and De um, DeCilio as the fullbacks. When you got wingbacks coming forward and attacking, and that that can be dangerous and can can create scoring chances, um, then you know Danilo and De are better defenders in the fullback position than Cuadrado is. So I, I understand I understand the need to do it. Um, you know, you don't want to take out Murata because I think that, you know, this this Vlaovic inclusion has, has given him a spark. He's been able to show some passing range from the forward position. Um, you know, McKenny's your guy that's, you know, like we talked about with Barella for Inter, McKenney's your guy that's going to go and get into the spaces that the forwards are leaving on cutbacks, crosses. Yeah. Things like that he's gonna he's gonna be the midfielder that kind of pushes forward and becomes part of the attack where Rabio and Locatelli appeared to be the guys that were going to stay home um, it was and I think that the other reason for Danilo and Decilio and not Quadrado is to give some protection uh, to Benucci and De Ligt because this is a center back pairing that is very easy to put under um, you can put him under pressure with getting crosses I mean Benucci is terrible at defending crosses. And, and and at the moment the leak is only slightly better. Um, I'm seeing improvement from him, um, but you know, not to the level where I'm going to anoint him as the next great defender in Serie a. Um, But this puts a lot of stress on Paulo Dybala. And I asked the question before the game: You know, in five years in a big game away from the J, when have you seen Paulo Dybala step up against a big opponent and deliver? Um, and now you're going to put all of the burden on him to do it um, with, by by doing this lineup. You don't have Cuadrado in a wider position that can pull some people and give him a little more room to operate. Um, so the formation the formation for me was narrow, was narrow in attack going forward um, because Danilo and Decilio were not put in there to provide width and go forward and provide crosses. They were there to, to hold, to help the center backs where they were needed to help the center backs to defend the wing backs, one V one. So when I, when I looked at it right away, I said, I think that this Juve attack could end up being pretty predictable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good shout. And um, what I think, you know, we, we talk about predictable, a player who many people thought they have pegged as Weston McKinney. You talk about, he's that box to box guy, but it seems of last couple of weeks, He's going in confidence, Frank, and it seems like he's doing a little bit more. And yes, I have a little bit more of a bias with him because I followed him for the longest time. But sure, he's he's gotten better and better. Not only with the US Men's National Team, but also with Juventus. And we saw in this game as well that not, he wasn't only doing the grunt work. He had some creativity in him, creating some opportunities. Uh, what do you think about him? Is it because Allegri is, is instilling in him this confidence that he's gaining more? stronger I guess in during the games what are your thoughts on Weston McKinney's progression Weston McKinney's uh progression so far this season with Juventus
0: I thought the same thing with him when I watched this first half you know he wasn't afraid to take people on 1v1 turn some crosses get you know get in you know there were moments where he was getting in front of Dybala on the right hand side and that was working um you know and and that was an interesting dynamic um you know I think you know that he's been able to score some goals for Juventus. That he's been able to. I think that that has given him the confidence. Um, he's got great energy. He plays with great energy. Um, you know he he's he's decent on the tackle. I won't say he's exceptional on it. Um, and you know the attacking stuff. It, it seems like there's some pretty good instincts in a midfield role that he plays. And Sam's making the point. Great Metzella, I agree. Yeah. So and his, um,
1: his the refinery of his of his touches got is going is to get better, right? It's obviously that's it's a weakness for him. But there's
0: yeah, there's some growing. flaws in his technique, but Absolutely. but he's growing and yeah. uh, and he's in a good environment to grow.
1: Yeah, and I, I think with the characters around, I was talking with some Juventini before the match about their midfield. Obviously, Locatelli is going to be someone they're going to think about in the future. Rabiot, not so much. You know, if Arthur can regain some form and Zakaria can live up to a potential, you and with Gatti as well. You might have a decent midfield here at present. They're not there, but there's pieces there that could potentially get there if everyone lives up to what uh, uh, you know what what they're what they're capable of. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I do like that about McKinney this year. And you talk about the narrowness of of the front three for for Juventus and going into this game, I thought it's going to be all Atalanta, at least with the pressure. And you, you're going to have to live on the counter. Um, I thought Juventus did very well in this game, especially in the first half, to create opportunities. I think the ball kind of went out of his way to try to be the playmaker more than he should have. And he probably should have, he took it on chances that he probably should have gave it to Vlahovic or Morata. Uh, but some chances were created. And I think this ended up being a blessing in disguise for Atalanta because Sportiello was able to get into the game quickly and got into a zone. Um, Juventus created a lot of opportunities early on. Uh, both teams had chances. I would say the better the chances were going towards Juventus early on. But Sportiello yeah. got into a zone quick, Frank. And he had himself a pretty big game. It almost it was a career game for him. But would you not agree that facing those shots early, despite, you know, Atalanta's defense under, underwhelmed, he got into the game, got into the zone, and really put Atalanta in a good spot confidence-wise, and they could grow more into the game with his his
0: stellar play. I think he set the tone with that save on Vlaovic in the first half. Um hundred percent And and uh I had a lot of admiration for Vlaovic to make that decision to try that shot. This is what I like about, I mean, and then this is a huge thing that I like about Vlaovic. He's he is a striker. He is a striker's striker. If they're, if, if, you know, if we can, if we can use that phrase, if we can use that phrase or if you use that term, he'll take every chance that is available to him. 10% chance to score. I'm gonna take it you know, 50, half chance to score full chances. He takes every, cha- he takes every chance. And this was one that I had my son, um, look at. And I said, cause you know, my son plays as a striker and I told him, I said, what did he do? Just had Shoot. it, you know, don't take the guy on. You got enough space. You got to look, have it, you know? Um, and that's the thing that impresses me about him. I, I'm not ready to give up on my position about how I think he'll do in the big picture for Juventus. I think he'll be successful. I still don't think he'll be as productive as he was at Fiorentina, but I still think he'll be successful. But when you have him taking chances like this, you know, that's huge for Juventus. Um, But at the same time, the save from Sportiello set the tone for him. Okay? Because I'll tell you what, if that's a goal, you could yeah. look at Juve possibly winning this game 3-0, yeah. you know, because that's one of those that, you know, as a goalkeeper, you're like, oh, boy, what am I – you know, yeah. I'm the backup. What am I getting myself into? Yeah. Um. So – but he made the save, and I think that that set the tone for him as, you know, as the game wore on.
1: Is it me or does – just watching Vlahovic, you know, and I'm not – I'm not no – I'm not a Vlahovic fanboy or anything. I might stretch, but you watch him with Juventus, and he looks like he fits just right for Juventus with that jersey – He's he's that striker striker like you talk about. He's going after his goals. He looks like he's embracing the the spotlight, if you will. Um, and you want that in a striker. You don't want him to cower and, and cower and, and hide away. And that we've seen so many strikers that with all this potential, who kind of cower with, when they go to a bigger team. Um, he's not doing that. He looks like he's embracing this, and he's li- he loves that kind of challenge. Um, so I that's it's it's nice to see as a neutral saying like, oh, he looks like he fits for Juventus. Well, whether he you know produce, we'll see. But I think, at least from my perspective, he looks like he's just a right fit for Juventus. I don't know if you see the same thing or not.
0: Um, I see a fe- I, I see a very fearless guy that 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 wants to go at it, and and I think that you have to have that attitude if you're coming into that situation. However, this was the first game where he was tested, and this was the you know, this is the game where he was he was figured out a little bit. Okay, um, he he picked up a yellow card. Um, because, and I think he showed defenders in Serie a something, that you can get tight on him in the midfield and you can knock him a little bit. You can knock him around a little bit and it's going to throw him off a little, okay? That uh, he's a young player. We're still talking about a young player that hasn't overcome defenders doing that to him. You know, that's the that's the question that I would say, that needs to be answered with him. He's got to learn how to overcome that kind of stuff. He's got to learn to now, he's got to learn now that he's a marked man. Yeah. Okay. And that he's going to have to adapt to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want, I'm not going to go so far to say that he's been found out because he still creates yeah. chances yeah, oh yeah. for himself and for his teammates, yeah. but that little part of his game that Demaral did to him. Okay. And that toloy and those guys did, um, he's you know you can you can get under his skin a little and yeah. and that's something that he's going to have to fix but yeah i love how fearless the guy is um you know he's attacking this thing he's embracing the responsibility um but th- th- that is something in his game that i saw the yellow card is is something that he's going to have to understand um, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to week in and week out. He's gonna have to put on the big boy pants because the more he plays, the more defenders in this league are gonna figure him out, and he's gonna have to find something. He's gonna have to find something now to turn on those defenders to keep being productive.
1: Yeah, if you want to be on that David Trezeguet level, you need to really, you know, clean up your mental game and work out those weaknesses that he has. Right. But. He still has, has a lot of potential. And Ali Oxen, for you, makes a good point that, you know, Piantic kind of started the same way with Milan too, right? He had a lot of hype about it. And oh, he exploded, move, yeah. Exploded on the scene. Uh, hopefully, you know, for Juventus' sake, that he doesn't have the same ending as Piantic. We'll see. Piantic's back, I guess, in our lives again. So, um, But, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to answer Camilasso's point or question. I should say, I think Juventus needs another midfielder personally. I don't think this midfield is good enough at the moment for what they want to achieve, which is a Scudetto Um but uh,
0: how long how how long do you keep flipping midfielders at juventus at some point, i don't know if they, need to, I think to... they need to
1: bring in, i need to bring in one big time midfielder that's a big time someone's better than what they have right now
0: at some point you've got to just take your collective and just have them play together sure. i mean that's just that's my take i think sure you you keep having this revolving door of midfielders coming to juventus yeah the pogba the pogba return he, yeah, you you, you don't back. want that, Sam. <laughs> I, you do not want that. The headache to talent ratio, um, I would not bring him in. Um, but hey, um, I think he can sell some, he might sell some jerseys. If, if I just see, go, ahead, go ahead, I, I just think. At some point, you just have to have you just have to have a collective of midfielders. You got to stop bringing guys in, sending guys out, and saying, "Okay, we're going to stick with this group. We're going to cultivate them. We're going to get them to play together and and get them to be get them to be dynamic." I don't know what I don't know what more they can do, and I don't know who they can attract to come there. Yeah, um, no, that's fair. That's fair. You know, so that's that that's the other challenge. So there's a collection of midfielders here that are pretty good that just need time to play together, but you also have to give them the roles that fit them best. I don't think Locatelli a center midfielder to sit in front of a back four. No. Locatelli should play what McKenny's playing. Yep. Okay. You got two guys that are functionally the same, but you're now putting the square peg in the round hole with Locatelli. And I don't think that's his role. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't, and I don't know if you have that guy, Zachary, might be that guy.
1: Yeah, he yeah. has the potential to be that guy. He's not there yet, but he has the potential to be that. So uh, go, my, yeah, my
0: thing of them with Juventus is if
1: Juventini are are okay with possibly not making a top four, then I say by all means, because I think this midfield could develop into that midfield for them. But if they're if they're they're content on trying to go for the scudetto and make the Champions League, I think the four teams in front of them, or three of them plus Atalanta, all have better midfielders in them. And that's my is, is that's if their goal is to be in the top four, top three, go for the Scudetto midfield is not going to do it. Eventually, if you let them play together, I do think they're going to get there, but it's going to take time. I think McKenny's starting to develop. We're seeing that Locatelli will eventually get to where he needs to be. Um, Zacharia, if he can reach his potential, this could be a really good triumvirate and Gatti has potential in him as well. He's got some good skill set. I think he would be a, is a really good pickup for them. But. It's not; they're not there yet. It's going to take some time, and that's why I think they need, if they want to go for that push now, they need someone to bring in to to really become that playmaker and create some opportunities. But yeah, I love New how Rovella. the
0: chats I love how the chats climbing d- chiming in on this too. Yeah. Um, All the was,
1: exactly what we're talking about here. You know.
0: Yeah, I'll, so. I'll give you a name. Guy, I've been kind of tired in the last few weeks. Manolo Portonova. I think I say Fratesi.
1: No, Portanova's good though. Yes, yes, it's a yeah. good shot.
0: Manolo Portanova, I think that you can put him in a midfield. You can put him if you want to play a 4-3-3 like this, I think you can put him in a midfield role and have him kind of play that that playmaking role, Um, you know, from a deeper line position. You take some attention away from Dybala. You take some attention away from Cuadrado when he's in the game. I'm not ready to make him a Juventus player, a Juventus quality player just yet, but I'm impressed with what I've seen from his work at Genoa under Blessing, especially under Blessing. Yeah. you know, so that would be a name, yeah. Fratesi, sure, but I think you're with Fratese. You're just getting another Locatelli. You just got that guy already. Yeah, I you think know, fans want him more anyway. Right. So, um, and I think
1: that front three for for Juventus eventually can be lethal. They just got to learn to play with each other more. And so, you know, yeah. Give and we're talking time. we're talking all Juventus. And Juventus did some good things in the first half. Atalanta did grow into the game. Uh, there was a missed penalty, I think, on the Litt, uh in the box. It was a handball. Should have been a penalty, was not called, wasn't even reviewed somehow. Um, and then there's a play in the game where, and I forget who made the who made the pass. It goes over the top. Cup Miners goes for the ball with, with uh, Wojciech Chesney out of the box. Cup uh, Miners got the ball, goes to, to, to Muriel, the guy exactly who you want to have the ball with at oh, empty net. What does he do? Totally shanks the ball with his right foot, and it was easily saved. Uh, how did he miss it? I kind of agree with whoever said in the chat, uh, Camilasso, Muriel kind of looked slow and off his game or 40 as oh, he, he was says. terrible. He looked terrible. I mean, how if you if you if you put a gun to my head and say Muriel empty net, is he gonna make or miss it? He's gonna make it every time, except for this time. I don't maybe because he's on his right foot. I don't know, but I would have I would have bet my my life that he would have scored a goal there and he somehow missed it. So I'm glad I didn't bet that. <laughs> yeah, we would have all
0: missed. You. We would have all missed you. I don't know how I can do this myself. So
1: you <laughs> got plenty of people in the chat here to help out. So <laughs>
0: Um, so that's a red on Chesney. I mean, you have precedent merit yeah. merit did that to Ronaldo a couple of years ago and got sent off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty similar. Yeah. Um, and then yes, there, that, that's a handball and I, you know, and I don't want to start controversies here and or get into it. Cause I saw some people tweet Juventus privilege and I, I wrote a piece about it on my, when I used to do the Calcio consultant blog and I got everybody, everybody riled up. I got People mad at me for having that article <laughs> released on Gigi Buffon's fortieth birthday, <laughs> and, uh, and I said, I don't care. I'm not gonna. I mean, everybody's writing a tribute piece about him. I'm just gonna be real. All right. <laughs> so um, when, keeping it, when keeping it real goes wrong, <laughs> so um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Atalanta, I thought they made they, they they kept juve predictable despite the fact that juve were able to carve out some chances and sport yellow came up with some saves cook miners was pulling strings really well from the 10 position from the attacking midfield position in this setup boga was really good just like i said earlier a little too greedy um yeah kind of like going to be like the ball kind of like the ball i think in this, i'm in not going to begrudge an attacking player for for being that way now, DiBala, I thought, started the game really well. I thought he hit some passes that created some problems for Atalanta. There's a couple, uh, though, he but,
1: missed that he should have passed it to Vlahovic, who was
0: wide open. But, yes, yep. I agree. I agree with you. But as the game wore on, I think Atalanta kind of adjusted to him, cut passing lanes, you know, did a nice job of kind of limiting the danger that he could actually create from his position. So, um, yeah, nil nil at halftime was appropriate, really. Yeah. Um I mean, an impressive half chance by Blaovic with an even more impressive save (laughs) by Sportiello. Sportiello. Um, Really the biggest incident, you know, biggest scoring incident of the first half. So, And and a couple of calls that Juventus probably, you you could argue, should have went against Juventus and didn't.
1: No, exactly, exactly. Uh, and we talked about Muriel not playing that great. He ended up coming off in the 60th minute for, you know, I guess you can call him the Juventus killer, Malinowski. Uh That's a guy you want to see on the pitch you know, with his lethal left foot. Um, so they made that substitution, did happen. Uh, and so the first half, the second half went on and you saw Atalanta growing more into the game or trying to get that goal. Um, they did earn a, a free kick opportunity in the 77th minute, 78th minute, something like that. Um, and we everyone knows that Malinowski was going to take the shot, but we didn't know the way it was going to happen. Uh, Froiler did a nice play to run up the ball, kick it back, kind of give that freedom away from the wall for Malinovsky, even though he's from 45 yards away or whatever the hell he was. He let that bomb go, goal of the week easily. Uh, yeah. What a swerve on that goal. I mean, unbelievable
0: there's, goal. There's no uh, point in us having a segment this week on that. He That was yeah. the goal of the week.
1: That was gold so. week. Uh fantastic. And this is what Malinovsky does. We know that he does this, and we're so impressed with him every time he kicks the ball because he's got a rocket. He's got a swerve. Just I don't know if there's anyone who strikes the ball better than he does. Um, and that goal was a thing of beauty. I mean, if you even if I mentioned, imagine you, Ventini, were like, nothing can do about that. That's that's Malinowski for you. Uh so one-nothing lead there in the 78th minute. Um, and it looked like the way the game was heading that that. Juve were going to lose this game. It looked like Atalanta maybe were going to get a second goal in this one. They, there are some chances creating opportunities. Sportiello standing on his head left and right. Easily man of the match for me in, in this game despite the loss or the loss, the draw. Um, but Juve kept going. There was an opportunity with five minutes to go. Malinowski, again, he's the playmaker. He came into the game was instant impact. Had this nice little move down in the box. Crosses ac- across the box. Hot the board wide open in front of the goal. Two feet away. Hits the crossbar.
0: Hmm.
1: I, when I saw they hit the crossbar, I said Juventus are going to score. It always <laughs> happens. We just talked about this in the last game. You miss your chances, the other team goes. And in football, it always happens. You miss one of those chances, it bites you. And sure enough, in, in the stoppage time, uh, Danilo off a corner kick uh, gets a header, got a goal, nice goal on him. Uh, you want to question the tactics maybe of, of Gasparini bringing in the guy of, on a corner kick late in the game. Uh, so Juve get the last-minute draw, but hot the bore, Man, he's gotta feel bad after missing that point blank chance and then seeing at the uh, Juve get the tying goal at the end of the game, Frank. Um one-one thoughts on that second half
0: and, and really the way it ended. I um I gotta give a lot of credit to Gasparini for the decision on Freuler out, Cook Miners getting into a more forward role, but not as an out-and-out striker. And then Malinovsky sitting behind that, (laughs) that caused a lot of confusion in in how Juventus organized themselves defensively. It was the the center backs in particular. Cook Miners is kind of sitting in these half spaces. Do one of us go? Do we ask for a midfielder to come and pick it up? I mean, I think they created a lot of confusion with that substitution, and not a knew what they were doing, moving the ball around in those areas. Yeah. Toy totally um, making runs, and, and yeah. Tamisi making runs. Yeah. Yeah. Really well So done you had Mela creating, and now you got your naturally left footed wing back in the game. Mela, who I thought was solid when he went in and created some problems. Um, I thought the midfield pairing of Freuler and Derone held up really well yeah. um, overall yeah. in this game. Um, I'm. I had i had Allegri doing I going into the game doing better with the substitutions. Um seventy-nine minutes is way too late for Quadrado to come on. I thought that 100%. was going on. I thought that was happening sooner. Moise Keene um, was a good insertion, but too yeah. late, maybe. Yeah. Um you know, and then Arthur coming on for Rabiot for, you know, for a better passing midfielder. Um, so, but the Quadrado one coming on 79 minutes in, I think up to that point it was nil-nil and Allegri. It would have been like, it was almost as if Allegri was going to be happy with nil-nil because he didn't make any adjustments until that free kick. Um, you know, at least from a substitution standpoint. And then he brought on Quadrado for Benucci, Ken for McKinney. Uh, Arthur for Rabio, and then Ake for Marata in the 86th minute. Now, the goal for Juve, um, a well-crafted set piece, smart set piece. Um, if you look at it, you go back and you look at it, there's four or five Juve players all along the six, and the Atalanta players just all go and man-mark them. And Danilo yeah. starts at the top of the box, um, and nobody accounts for him. So it's pretty easy, you know. And, okay, at that point, because Bonucci was out of the game, Danilo was a center back and deputizing with De Um, But, you know, sometimes mentally you're thinking he's still a fullback, and generally you don't see fullbacks in the box on corners. They're usually way back at midfield and yeah. getting the ball back for reloading. So Atalanta, a player that Atalanta doesn't account for, um, you know on the corner kick banucci's not in the game so somebody who thinks they should be marking banucci on a corner you know is just kind of standing around so i think it was you know, Pasolich just-
1: who just came into the game too which i think yeah. is a
0: uh, the kicking the nuts for gasprini yeah. and it's like okay i'll just i'll i'll make my run dibala will put a ball that i'm going to run onto and i'll head it in and no one's going to pick me up so it was a smart Man. and and nicely crafted set piece by juve do you think um, it because if you look at
1: the goal, you had Vlahovic there, you had the lick there. I think Rabiot was even there. You had three guys who were probably very good with their heads, and I guess Atalanta were focusing on them. And Danilo slides right in there and gets the ball out of all of them and gets that goal unmarked, like you said. So
0: yeah, yeah, very
1: well crafted by by Juventus.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, there's very few fullbacks you actually see in the box. Teo is one of the few that's in the box on corners because he can, you know, because he's 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 good in the air. Um yeah. and generally speaking, most fullbacks aren't good in the air. Um, yeah, no, and they, so they the- they're the guys that go back at midfield and protect and delay any counters. So um I, you know, I think in the end, though, I think one one one's fair on the balance yeah. of how these two teams played. Yeah. He had good chances in the first half. Sport made some very nice saves. I think that Atalanta, you know made some good adjustments to try to catch Juventus off guard to get the lead but then lost their concentration on the corner kick on the corner kick to give it back so yeah i don't look at this and see either team dominating i thought this would be a balanced game i, it, I to me it was a balanced game and and 1-1's one, more than fair here it's not like the 1-1 one, one with Napoli and Inter where i think Napoli's looking at this as two points lost and Inter is looking at this right. as a point that at the end of the day they're going to look at it and say we're probably lucky to have uh, you know, but in terms of Atalanta, Juve, I think they're looking at this and saying, Yeah, this this is this both is fair. Teams could have won. So,
1: both teams could have won in this game, so yep. yeah, I think it's a fair result. And, um, yeah, then the no change in the standings between those two, they remain Juve in fourth, Atalanta in fifth, uh, two points separating them. So, yeah, it was uh, two good games, two top of the table games, and they both ended in draws. Um,
0: very entertaining for sure. Now, you think that Atalanta and um Juve are contenders. I don't
1: outside contenders. Outside I okay. think there, I think there's a certain top three, but I think I think you're,
0: there's I think you're, I think there's three teams in this race.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Juventus, yeah, they're Juventus. It's hard not to discount them, right? It's even to how bad their season has gone for them. And Atalanta, if they get on the run here at the end, you never know. But yeah, there's a the three top contenders, and then you got the outside guys who I think it's Juve, Atalanta, and then the rest, you know.
0: Had Juve went down to 10 men, it probably would have been another – probably. Yep. Or Juve would have crammed nine guys in the box. And, yeah, it could have been – instead of – yeah, Cabalazo, instead of 1-1, it could have been 0-0. Because Juve would have just packed it in and, you know, taken everything away from Atalanta. Because, you know, when you think of – you know, when you think of um, – on paper – if you go down to ten minutes, are you really scared of Boga, Coop Miners? and then if you know, and if you get Malinowski from distance, there's still going to be a ton of guys he's going to have to shoot through, you know. So, I mean, we can. It's it's hard to talk about hypotheticals. Um, yeah. So.
1: And you know, Graham mentions about you know we we talked about how there's some some plays that could have gone against Juventus early on. You know, we talked about the We talked about Chesney. There were some opportunities as well that could have gone uh, against Atalanta as well. Graham talks about the um, Shilio when he was fouled against Hatabour. And there's some other plays too I saw that really could have gone against uh, Atalanta. But again, the way this game worked out is like both teams really had opportunities. Both teams, you know, got some lucky in some plays and also missed some some goal opportunities. And I think 1-1 is a fair result by this game. And um, yeah, it's... it's uh, Good result, I think overall for both of them. Neither of them lost, and I think they're still. I mean, th- these two are the ones going to be fighting for that fourth spot. I think um, maybe even or maybe Lazio get into the mix or Roma or something. I don't know, but I think these are the two teams going to be battling for fourth spot, and it's going to come down
0: to the wire with these two teams. I think who can. I have the them. Most- I have, the, but I have them both out of the title race, and and for different reasons. Atalanta, I agree. Um, Atalanta, it's it's still the defending. Okay, they 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 were great today. I mean Sunday. Um, but I think long term, I think they're still gonna leak things and it's gonna cost them it might even still co- it might even still cost them top four yet. Juventus, they they get a you know, they get a bump from Vlaovic arriving, some of the new arrivals, you know, excitement in the way that they're playing and some of the things that they're creating now but the flip side of that is that the more of these guys play together, the more the teams that still have yet to see them are yep. watching and, ha- and now get to figure it out. Sure. Um, you know uh, and at some point that, that burst will fizzle out, that momentum might fizzle out. And I did are too far behind uh, in my opinion, uh, you push. know, to, to, to get this, you know, to get to a, you know, to get to a point where they could overtake anyone in the top three uh, and win the Scudetto. I think they're in a really strong position for fourth, Um, you know, and at the end of the day, they might end up finishing fourth because of the moves, because of these moves they made. But I think at some point, at some point, this is what this is what this league does. It's so tactical and teams adjust, you know, and they'll, they'll come up with a way, you know, the perfect example. Yeah, you can you can you can kick at Vlaovic a little bit here. You can do some things to aggravate him now and throw him off his game a little bit. You know yeah. we learned that from what you know Demiral did to him and and, and Toloi did to him. So and,
1: and I know people want to say don't discount Lazio and Roma because they're just a few points away, but you look at consistency wise, Lazio and Roma are very inconsistent. And of the four, you know, Atalanta and and Juventus play much more consistently lately. And you know there there's an outside chance Juve could go on if their midfield perform where we think they can and the, and the front three do what they got to do. They could certainly get to this race, but it's very, it looks very unlikely at the moment. It does look like a three horse race and it's going to be a battle of fourth between them and Atalanta and perhaps Lazio yeah. Roma, if they figure this shit out.
0: Hmm. Yep. So, Do you, Lazio look like they're kind of getting it together a little bit. I mean, we'll talk about it, talk about Maybe. them here shortly. We saw the couple of Talios, so I don't know. Roma's <laughs> slipping results wise but they're still finding ways to still rescue points here and there. It's they it'll be fight. interesting. They right? got fight. Yep. So they've got more fight to them now. I think there's a little more spine to Roma under Mourinho than there's been in recent years with yeah. other managers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the difference, and that's what's working for them. And
1: Abraham's so. a good striker. And people kind of want to discount him as the season goes going on, but he's he's got a lot
0: of goals this year. He's got he's in double digits in goals. He's 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 a good player. Yep. It's a good team. Yep. So those were our thoughts on the two big games. Let's uh, quick jump into the rest of the Match Week 25 slate. Um, I should just, you know, I was, I was going back to look at my screen to see what Match Week it was. I could just look at this little pop-up that you did. Let's start with that Lazio-Bologna game, 3-0 uh, to Lazio, um, an excellent performance in particular from Matias Uh, but it was a Chirri Moble goal in the 13th minute on a penalty uh, to put Lazio ahead by a goal to nil. Zacanye braces in the second half. Assists from Luis Alberto and Manuel Lazzari. I believe uh, that this did come at a bit of a cost. Was it Lazzari that got hurt, or was it Zaccagni that got hurt?
1: Oh, I think it might have been Lazzari, but I don't quote me on that.
0: Okay, Lazzari getting hurt. Uh, Bologna dropping, continuing to struggle right now. Um, winless in their last five. Uh, and in eight out of nine, uh, at least, I mean, it's been a really, really, uh, you know, bad run of form under Siniša Um yeah. the, the question has to be asked uh, at some point. I keep asking it. So they, they but, won't do it because
1: everything he's gone through. I don't think they'll do it. I think they're going to wait till the off season and they're going to mutually split.
0: We'll see. That makes sense. I mean, I, yeah, maybe let him finish the season and figure it out. But it's gotten stale. Um, it's, it's hard to run away from that. Uh, Torino and Venezia, the dream is still alive. Come on, keep Venezia in Serie i I'm pulling for them. They were my shock team to survive. I know they're in 18th, even with this result, a 2-1 win over Torino. Um, the party started with a goal from Josip Brekalo from Wilfred Singo in the fifth minute. Um, but a nice game here from Domen Senegoy. Uh, he assists, Ricciano Habs in the 38th to make it 1-1. And then was Chernigoy on a nice little goal there in the 46th minute from Aramu uh to make it 2-1. David Okoriki uh sent off uh for violent conduct very, very late in the game. Uh, a goal called back. Uh Andrea Bolotti thought he had a goal here to make it 2-2. How he's still at Torino, I have no idea. Um but an offside that did not involve Balotti. It was another player, but close enough to the ball uh, where he can be judged to be in an offside position. Were you okay with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, by letter of the law, if he, it, it it was in the play. It's a hard, a harsh call, but I, it, I've seen it called many times before, and it's because they're within the area of where the goal happens or play happens. I've seen a call, so I, I can't argue against, it, but it sucks. I, I hate these kind of calls against strikers because as a striker, I've always hated these calls and yeah, it just, uh, it's a, it sucks, but uh, it is the law. So, Yep. Yep. That's,
0: I guess the best thing you can say about that situation. Um, it's a silly interpretation of the offside rule, but in the strictest definition, it was the right call. Uh, so Sunday morning or Sunday lunchtime, if you're in Italy, but you know, um, Milan, after the Napoli-Inter draw, had the opportunity with a win over Sampdoria uh, to move back to the top of the table. And they did just that with a narrow 1-0 defeat uh, over Sampdoria. Mike Magnon, uh, provider of everything else he is uh, doing. Uh, Rafael Leao, how good has he gotten? Uh, Milan win by a goal to nil. um, But... uh, This game could have been by a lot more. Uh, Vladimiro Falcone, the goalkeeper for uh, Sampdoria, coming up with six big saves in this game. Um, So keeping it in doubt, but uh, the Rossonetti getting the win, getting him back to the top of the table. Empoli won, Cagliari won. Uh, Nadim Bajrami, one of our favorites, assisting Andrea Pinamonti in the 38th minute. Uh, to have that goal canceled out in the 84th by Leonardo Pavoletti, uh, a one, one draw there. Um, Empoli started really well. Uh, Cagliari found a way back into the game. Empoli dominated this game, probably should have been two or three nil up at halftime, wasted their chances. Uh, Cagliari in the second half really took control in the second half, um, You know, so both teams probably walk out of here feeling like they could have gotten three points out of it. Empoli could have put it away in the first 45 minutes. Cali really did enough to win, uh, but each team in the end settle uh, for a point. Um, Does Pinamonte become a top goal scorer for many seasons to come? Get him in the right situation and the potential is there. That footwork on that goal was really well done by him. I mean, it's, it's a tight spot, guys all over
1: you, and he does really well to shuffle his feet and get the goal. I mean, yeah, if he goes to Inter or any on one of these top teams, it's the right situation, like you said, Frank. He certainly can. He's got the characteristics and the talent to do it. So I would love to see it.
0: I'll give you a team where I think he'd kill it, Fiorentina. You
1: think? Interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I, I mean, think the, I yeah. think I think Italiano style, the wingers, the the service that he'd get. I think that. I think that it would set up really well for him. Um, so um, we'll see. Uh, Genoa and Salernitana. This ends 1-1. Uh, Mattia Destro, I guess he's allowed to score goals. Um, score, uh, But, it, I mean, it was Caleb Ekuban who did all the work. Uh, Destro's in position to finish. And then just before halftime, Federico Bonazzoli uh, leveling for Salernitana. It's a Salernitana that's playing a, a little bit better. It's a Genoa team that's playing a little bit better. Genoa probably at the moment have a little bit more talent um, than uh, Salernitana do. It might be too little too late uh, for Salernitana themselves. Um, the the blowout of the week: uh, Hellas Verona four uh, yeah. Udinese nil. Um, Fabio De Paoli. I mean, this is a. Good, good fit for Hellas Verona for the position that he plays and for what he offers to that team. Um, Scoring uh, provider was uh, Caprari, and then Fabio Di Paoli turns provider in the 31st for Antonin Barak, 2-0 at halftime. Gianluca Caprari in the 66th minute, um, getting a goal, Tamez assisting, and then Tamez getting a goal for himself. It was kind of one of those weird things. You, You get an assist. Are you score a goal? Then you get an assist. You get an assist. You score a goal. It's you know team of the week. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Uh, everybody worked well together. And here's the interesting thing. Those four goals were four of five shots on target for Hellas Verona all game. Efficient. Efficient. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Meanwhile, Udinese outshot Hellas Verona twenty-one to six. Six shots on target to five. So people coming up with six saves. Yeah. Um. So. That only told a little bit of the story. And, I mean, it was just Hellas Verona getting frenetic on the counterattack. Igor Tudor beating his former team uh, had to feel good for him. Uh, four goals to nil. Uh, Sassuolo and Roma to a 2 to draw. Um, Tammy Abraham on a penalty just before halftime. Um, and then just on the other side of halftime, uh, all the work done by Hamed Jr. Triori, Chris Smalley turning into his own net, and then Hamed Jr. Triori does get a goal from him. He is really coming on, um, yeah, somebody that might be finding work at a better team here soon, uh, <laughs> scoring in the 73rd minute. Uh, but uh, Roma rescues a point here in the 94th minute. Brian Cristante with a goal that crosses the line. Um, referee had to blow the whistle. In fast play, it looks like it was cleared off the line, but then you go back to slow mo. Great, right, right call. Technology works. Yes. yes. Um, two, two draw. Uh, Spezia and Fiorentina on Valentine's Day. Vincenzo Italiano returning to Spezia. Uh, you couldn't have done a better fixture for Valentine's Day, right? You get, you know, you go back to your old employer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right, so a penalty after some good work by Nico Gonzalez. P- Piontek taking the penalty, does that stupid hesitation thing that I hate, and hits the post and comes out. Um, why do people do that? I mean, I understand what you're trying to do. See if you can get the goalie to move first <laughs> oh, no. or I some, stuff like that. And then, but if the goalie doesn't move, you're screwed. Georgina and that's what happened. Know so. you know, it, was, it was good discipline by the goalkeeper, but Piontek would get a goal – what did we say? What did I say? I think I had this whole thing of tweets last week, and I said, Fiorentina, you need to break Cabral into this thing. In the meantime, you got a guy sitting there that knows how to score goals in this league and in this con- in this country. Christoph Pjantik, three goals in his last two games in all comps. Did he
1: outscore Vlaovic? Yep. Does it?
0: Yeah, he's got three. Vlaovic has two. Two? Right. Okay. Or just the one, because I think the one he had against Sassuolo was an own goal, wasn't it? Oh, maybe, maybe. We'll have to look. The chat can help us with that, too. Yeah, yeah, let us
1: know.
0: Okay, so um, Amrabat getting a little bit careless with the ball. Agudela takes it away from him, goes 1v1 with a goalkeeper and finishes, makes it 1-1 Spezia. But Amrabat atones in the 89th minute. That man, Cabral, we just talked about coming on and providing for him and Amrabat finishing to make it 2-1 for Fiorentina, a game that Fiorentina would have really, really been disappointed to come away with only a point on, uh, 67% possession, out shots Betsy at 21-9, uh, but nonetheless, do get that late winner to come away with the win, Richard, where do you want to start with those games?
1: Um, first, uh, i making a big mistake, uh, almost costing his team the game, but it comes back and gets that goal. First goal for Fiorentina. Good for him to, you know, he's a good player. He's had some ups and downs in his career, but getting that goal there to start off his Fiorentina career on the, on the right foot. Good for him. Um, that Fiorentina team, I actually do like them. I, I think Piantic is a good fit for them. I think Cabral could be in the mix as well. Nico Gonzalez is coming on as well. Gonzalez was excellent. In this yeah, game. he was. He almost had a goal. Uh, great save there by um, by Probadel, Probadel. Yeah. but yeah, it's a uh, good, good for Umra I really like that there with him. Um, looking at Sassuolo Roma, obviously, Junior Charriere is going to steal the show with the headlines with what he did. Oh, the one nice goal and then the, the gift for the first goal. Uh, but you know, I think this is a team that, um, in Roma, that as you we mentioned earlier in the podcast, they they have a little bit of spine to them, right? And they're finding ways to stay in games, get results um and you know when it comes down to the end of the season whether when they're fighting for whether it's a champions league or europa league spot this could be a big point for them right it's a game that they could have easily in the past given up and lost 2-1 or 3 one and they got away found a way to get a draw in this game and it was Cristante of all people uh so it's a Mourinho effect coming in you, you know I'm really going to look at roma and lazio next year as really contenders in the league if they keep their jobs um uh, verona was this a surprise for me like you said that many shots off in that game um Empoli Cagliari, obviously Pavolotti coming in and really having an impact in the game. Got the goal, nearly got a second goal late in the game as well. Um, obviously, I like the uh, Anthony's comment about Mike Magnon, uh, making all of us forget about Donnarumma. Uh, almost a Doloroma there, um, <laughs> like Anthony. But that, that assist, what well, we talked about, the main difference, right? He and Donnarumma both have fantastic reflexes. Obviously, Magnon led the Ligue On with, uh, with uh, shutouts last year. He's doing... Similar work this year, uh, but his distribution is what sets him apart from Donnarumma and, and many goalkeepers, really. Um, very much Ederson-like when he was at the top of his game uh, with Man City and a pinpoint accuracy that assist to to, to Leal was on a dime. A great, great distribution of a, of, a, of a goalkeeper. And he's got the reaction saves, too, to, to boot. So he's just, a, he's just a good goalkeeper overall. He's probably the best in the league and one of the best in Europe. Uh, and then, lastly, Venezia, that story with Venezia. Um they keep trying. Uh, Chiri, he's a good player, goal and assist, like you said, and good for him to get that, that that game-winning goal and really giving Venezia a chance to maybe survive this year. And maybe we'll have you know them at EPL but stay up. But uh, we'll see. Uh, but it was a big goal for Venezia. Certainly, I thought that you know Torino, they've been a team that's been very good as of late. They had a goal that they could they could have you know draw with uh, Bellotti, but. Um, for venezia to fight it out and find a way to get a win it's important for them they're going to need all the points they can get in this in this in this league and that three points is going to be a vital one that could really maybe give them a chance to
0: survive so we'll see a lot of good games yep um it's uh i'm looking at the table we'll talk about that a little bit i don't think anyone from 13th on down is safe yet um and I'm talking about Bologna's on 13th, in 13th on 28 points. Um, are you with me it,
1: that Genoa and Salernitana are both certainly down?
0: I'm not ready to give up on Genoa totally. Okay. I think that if Blessed, I mean, he's starting to get, I mean, it draws and fine, but they recruited a handful of players. There's a decent amount of quality there. Um, I think ultimately, I think it doesn't look good for them. Um, just because the points aren't there. They've only won one game all season. Um, but this is slowly starting to get a little bit better here. Okay. Um, let's look at Genoa's next few games. They travel to Venezia. They got to win that. Okay. They host Inter. Uh, probably going to be an issue. They host Empoli. They got to try to find a way to win that. As much as, as, as decent as Empoli has been. Okay. Uh, they got to figure out how to do it. But then, yeah, it gets kind of dicey. At Atalanta, um, hosting Torino at Verona, hosting Lazio at Milan. That's a stretch that's going to be a problem. But then they host Cagliari, they at Samp. Yeah, I, they've got some hitters coming up here, which is going to make it really
1: the, difficult. The Venezia game is going to be important because if, if they want to get off on this run on a good foot, they're going to have to beat Venezia. Oh, they um, have
0: to win that game. If, if they don't win that game point with point the there. teams that I just ran off, they're done. It's going to be really hard for them. Yeah. So um so we'll see. Um I'm not totally ready to give up on them yet, but they have to win um that game at Venezia on Sunday. That is a huge game for them. Yeah. So yeah. um it's plain and simple. Um I mean Bologna's in free fall, they keep losing. You know, I don't think Spezia is safe by any stretch. Udinese I think we'll have enough talent to figure this out. Even with the Giampaolo appointment, Sampdoria is still losing games. Uh, yeah, they can be yeah. forgiven. They went to Milan, um, you ball. know, and lost. Yeah. Cali is starting to string together some results. There's some hope for them. They're out of the drop right now. Um, yeah. Venezia got a huge win here at Torino. So there's in every one of these teams except Salernitana. There's qualities in all of them that suggest that they're good enough to stay up, but there's also enough flaws in all of them that suggest that they are a prime candidate to go down. So I will I think anybody in the top 12 currently right now is safe. Um, although, if there's anyone in the top 12 that you can probably look at that if they could have a total collapse, it's Empoli. Um, they've got 31 points. It's not going to take a lot more for them from a point standpoint to uh, I think nine points. Maybe. We'll yeah. Feel it for them. Yeah. I seven points, nine points, something in there. Yeah. Um, you know, if they can get, if they can pick that up over the course of the rest of the season, then yeah, they'll stay up. Um, so, but they'd be the only team out of the top 12 that I'd look at. Um, but I think 13th on down is all not safe right now.
1: And uh-huh. anytime these teams are playing each other going down, anything from 13 through 20, when they play each other, it's going to be a big game. We got Empoli Sampdoria next week as well, which is another big game. They're both teams that we were talking about could fall into the zone. So a lot of it's going to get, it's getting really interesting here then the end of the game, which is, you know, we talked about how competitive this league is, maybe one of the best championships we've seen in a while. And we see that the bottom fight for the last, you know, relegation yeah. spot is going to be tight. And so I, you're looking at almost, so you got like, 10 teams or seven teams fighting for that, right? You got a bunch of teams fighting for the European spots right now, you know, for the Europa League. Uh, you still got Fiorentina who's in the mix. You got Lazio, Roma. You got all these teams. Hellas uh, Verona is still in the mix, I guess, really three points back of Fiorentina. And then the top four is, is tight. So this is a it's a fun season, very competitive.
0: Yep. We talked about kind of Bologna's plight. They've got these next three games are get-right games. They host Spetsia next Monday. Then they travel to Salernitana, then they host Torino. I mean, if they you know, they've gotta get six for sure. Seven I mean, nine would be awesome, nine would be ideal, but six for sure, seven would be great. But I like it. I like it. I like that there's so many teams here that are not safe and that they're all gonna have to fight for points. It's gonna make it compelling down the stretch. So that's the biggest takeaway that I had from all of this. Um you know, the the struggle at the bottom, uh, you know, makes it compelling. Milan back at the top of the table. You know, I think we're going to have a carousel here of... I don't think anyone's getting first place and getting there to stay until we're into the 32nd or 33rd or 34th week when somebody might be able to get some separation. And I argue that Milan and Napoli might be the best candidates to do so. Um, I yeah. think there's a fall-off with Inter that's coming. Uh, I just... Just because they haven't had it yet. I mean, yeah, you this, can't go.
1: Let's see what Inter can do because yeah, it's a stretch. I be, I agree with you from earlier. You said that they're they're maybe getting to the rough patch now. And I agree. You had the Derby, you had Napoli, you had the, you had a tough match against Roma in the Coppa Italia. Yep. now you got Liverpool in couple, you know, I think Juventus is on the horizon. I think or oh, maybe not Juventus, there's another good couple good teams, maybe Atalanta on the horizon. But uh yeah, it's we'll see what they're made of.
0: Inzaghi has done some really interesting things as a manager throughout the course of his career. This will, be a, this will be another one of those challenges for him, and let's see if he can come through. So, I mean, goal of the week was Malinovsky. We don't have to do that. Yep. yep. All right. So Easily. let's move on. Quick little thing here on Europe, Richard, and then we'll get on to the Who Won Calcio Twitter. Inter hosting Liverpool on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ellis is suspended. Yeah, um, the lineups tomorrow, uh, if you believe them. And this is just kind of going off of uh, I'm using SofaScore as a reference here. Um, a lot, the lineup, net, you know, Vidal will probably step in for Barella. Um, but it's Handanovic, Skriniar, Devrai, Bastone, and then Dumfries, Vidal, Brozovic, Chalinolu Perisic, Jeko, and Latauro Martinez. Are, are you good with that? I am.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know the way Lautaro's been playing lately. I may want to give Alexi, who's had Alexis, who's had more big game um, experience than Lautaro does, uh, just to get a start in this and let Lautaro come off the bench. But I'm okay otherwise with this lineup.
0: I, I, I hope they play Dumfries from the start and that Inzaghi doesn't get too conservative and and, and start Darmian. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I. The Lataro situation almost makes me feel like it's just like I think Inzaghi's man managing him in a sense of if I start having him come in off the bench, what's that going to do to his confidence? You know, yeah. you know. I think I want to keep jamming him in there until he scores. He's eventually going to figure it out. He's got the talent. He's got the ability, and I think that's the approach that the Inzaghi. It's that been like one taking. goal
1: in nine games, right? It's been a while for for Lautaro. True. True and Alexis is playing. Alexis had some big goals recently. He even for for uh, was it Chile right? He had some, a nice goal. Um, so he's 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 uh, he's not a bad option to have. But yeah, you need to get your striker, one of your strikers, to get out of his funk and get getting the goals. Once he gets, he's a tricky player. He he misses a lot and then he goes and scores a lot. So if you can get him back to scoring,
0: especially against Liverpool, why not? Right. Here are the things that I'm okay. And then let's look at, at Liverpool. Alisson. Uh, Alexander-Arnold, Matip, Van Dyke, Robertson, no surprises. Midfield, uh, Jordan Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago, no surprises there. And then Mane, Firmino, Salah. If there's something here that Inter might have going for them, Mane just coming back from African Cup of Nations, Salah just coming back from African Cup of Nations, and now regrouping and having to come back to their club and getting back into gear together there um i think they were i you know the, the the win against burnley at the weekend was kind of a all right we're at burnley everybody hates going here let's get three points and then focus on champions league and i think that's the way they played i think they'll where's turn the another
1: at? where's the match what's
0: at? It, what's that where's the match Liverpool. Uh, the or... first leg yeah San Siro.
1: okay
0: so they go from turf more turf more to now having to go to the San Siro. so there's a little extra travel i mean we're reaching for things. This is a tremendous team. Um, and, uh, but here's where I think the advantages are. I I, I like the idea in chat from a couple of you guys saying, look, you know, Alexis over Lataro, because I think that's a guy that you can put you run Jekyll high and if he gets lost between Van Dijk and Matip, so be it. But then you have Alexis Sanchez doing a lot of different running and having him play with some range that the rest of Liverpool's defense might not be able to adjust to. Um, and then you can get Chalinoglu forward in some spaces and maybe he has a little bit more of an impact. And then Vidal can stay home with Brozovic and protect with what Liverpool do on the counter. I'll tell you the the... I'll tell you the matchup that I think Inter have to really seize. It's Perisic against Trent Um, Alexander-Arnold. Alexander-Arnold's wonderful going forward, crosses a great ball, great on the dead ball. I still don't think he is a good defender. Um, And, you know, as defenders at the right back position, just purely defensive quality before these Liverpool guys come out and start threatening my life. Um, Calabria and Di Lorenzo are better than Alexander Arnold. Alexander Arnold's the better footballer of the three. Okay, but if Perisic is having joy against Di Lorenzo and Calabria, he should be able to find some joy here against Trent.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of with Camilasso too. I like your I like your shot about that, and I also think Dumfries could do some damage as well. I think if you're going to get Liverpool, it's going to be on the on the wings. Um, through the play there um, you know
0: do you go with it, the same game plan as you did in the derby if you're in Zagi get your wingbacks high early
1: yes Yes, because okay. you know Liverpool's going to do that, 10, you have to counteract that. You
0: have to. pin the fullbacks.
1: We saw what Liverpool did to Milan and in, in, in you know, especially that first game. They really went after him, and you know they're going to try to do that again. Uh, so Inter have to combat that and really push them up high, keep them on their heels so that they don't get involved into the offensive play. And for for me, Inter, talk about how good Hakan Chalmone has been this year, and he has been. If you want to show me that he's progressed as a footballer and become to that next level, he has to step up in this game against Liverpool. Um both home and away, he has to become a, a playmaker. He can't just be a guy who's on the pitch because he has to make some kind of impact in the game, whether it's the set pieces, his you know, his hustle, which he has, he's always had hustle, right? Uh, but he's got to do a lot in this game for me, especially with Barella in this first game. He has to really step up for me, I think, because the mid, you have to break out the midfield. You know, when we had this, when the draw came out initially, I said Inter was going to beat Liverpool over two legs, very tight. Uh, and you're asking me right now, I don't feel as confident right now with Inter just because like we said, we think they're going into their funk at the moment and you don't have Barella and Bassoni, you know, he's questionable at the moment too. So beat them on the wings. If you can, Chaleno's got to step up. And when you get your chances, unlike Atalanta, uh, you're going to have to put your chances away, You get to get the score goals or unlike Napoli. Excuse me. You're going to have to put your chances away. If you're inter, you cannot afford to miss your chances because, you know, Liverpool are going to create some opportunities. Salah and Mane basically dragged their national teams to the finals. Uh, in, the Af- in the AFCON uh, tournament. So they're going to be tired in first leg, but you know they'll be there in the second leg. So Inter got to hit it right. They got to hit it right. And, and zagi has got to nail this. He's got to outmanage Klopp. We'll see if he can do it. They certainly have the talent to do it, but Liverpool is a strong team, as you mentioned. And so it'll be tough. And like Ricky says, hope they don't disembarrass themselves, you know, for themselves and City So we'll see. We'll see. It'll be a tough first game.
0: I think that... Inter will score tomorrow. I think that there that Perisic is going to be involved in some shape, form, or fashion on that goal, whether he scores yeah. it or whether he provides it. Yeah. Um, Ricky makes Hakan is also deadly. Hakan should have been deadly against Napoli on Saturday. It was set up for him to be so, and he failed. No- so sure. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't depend on Hakan to be deadly in this game. Exactly. If he is, it's a bonus for Inter. Yep. I expect him to score against Liverpool. Um, I expect um, Pettisic to be involved. Um, Center back's going to have to play a huge role in the set pieces too. Screen I DeVry. think I'm concerned about the back three for Inter against the front three for Liverpool. And I think that that, that is where they're going to actually lose this game at home 2-1. Um, I think Sala might be too much for... Um, Pastone. Leal gave Skriniar some problems in the Derby. And if you think Leal gives Skriniar some problems, Mane's yeah. really gonna give Skriniar some problems. Yeah. Um, and then and then you also have the factor of that at some point that Jurgen Klopp's gonna bring on Diago Jota too
1: mm-hmm.
0: to even create more trouble. Yeah. So um I, I got Liverpool winning two one. I I can't I can't as, – as much as I'd love – I bang the drum for Italian football and the Champions like and I'd love to see it. I'd love to see an upset, I and I hope I'm wrong. But I just think this Liverpool team is just at another level, and I don't think that this back three for Inter can cope with the front three for Liverpool.
1: Yeah, and I think it really needs that. They really need that midfield and the wing backs to help out tremendously if they have, want to have any chance. It's got to be a collective effort. You know, Yarn and De Vrij are really good, but they need—they're going to need help in this one. It's going to be a yep. team effort defensively. It has to be an Italian job. Um, if Conte was here, you'd probably have—you probably favor that, but uh, we'll see. It's going to be—it's uh, going to be an interesting one here. You know, I'm certainly going to be tuning in. Hrdina is going to have to stand on his head if he plays. I assume he's going to play. Mm-hmm uh we'll see we'll see i'm gonna say i'm gonna be a, a homer maybe uh one one <laughs> i guess it's called a homer call mm-hmm. um but yeah i, I would say Inter hold face hopefully in this game
0: yep okay um so you're gonna go one one was that your pick one one yep okay i'm going 2 one to liverpool um you know, and then it's the, the away goals rule doesn't apply anymore. That's, that's another thing we need thank to, goodness. thank goodness. Yeah. We need to make sure that we consider, um, Lazio traveled to Porto on Thursday. Any thoughts? Just you, let's re- real quick on that. I mean, and then Atalanta hosting Olympiacos, I, I, I question how invested Atalanta is going to be if they're yeah. trying to grab a top four finish or if you, you know, and then same thing with Lazio going to Porto, I, you know, Porto's Porto good, don't yeah. have Sergio Oliveira anymore. He's with True. Roma. True, they don't have Luis Diaz anymore. He's with Liverpool. It's not the same Porto that we saw on the group stage. Um, but I, um, I'm going to go for Porto to beat Lazio two-one, uh, and I'll give Atalanta the benefit of the doubt if it's if they're if they're inve- just assuming they're invested. Um, I'll give them a two-one win over Olympiacos. Olympiacos will get a goal on them. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh is that where I would say where Callan that showed went back home. Um
0: yeah, I, I agree with you on both scores. El Arabi, El Arabi, Valbuena.
1: Someone Mono, um, I'm thinking of Monolos. Monolos went to Lapia, didn't he?
0: Fortunus. No, is it, is it Fortunus or I can't remember. Um and then yeah, I think that's where Monolas went back to, yep.
1: Uh, well, if he starts, then uh, Atalanta will win. No, i uh, I think <laughs> Atalanta can win if they're invested, like you said. I do agree. I think they have the talent to, to win, and just how invested are they going to be? Uh, yep. What does Gasperini want? I agree with you. I don't think Lazio can handle Porto. I mean, it'll be close, but I think Porto can be better in this one because I I don't fully trust Lazio's team just yet with uh, um Marizosari. If it's next year, I'll say Lazio, but right now, I I I'm gonna go Porto.
0: Man. Okay. So those are our calls on uh, Europe this week. Uh, Napoli is into the last 16 of the Europa League. That's why, why they're not playing in these round of fixtures. It's a round of 24 and not a round of 30, 32 like it used to be. I'm trying. I'm still trying to get used to all of that. So, and now uh, the moment you've all been waiting for, the world's most popular hashtag game. Who won Calcio Twitter? Richard, lead us off. I hope if I unmute myself there. Okay, starting off uh, here with uh,
1: AC Milan Club New York City nominated Omar. And uh, so the original tweet was, Sachin Nyon says, Classless as always, Lataro at Teo Hernandez, walking away, this this is talking about the Derby. Uh, And so Omar tweets out, uh, probably missed a target here as well.
0: (laughs) Probably.
1: Uh, Lataro's been off.
0: We never Did we ever conclude if he spat or not? I don't think he did. I don't think he did either, but, you know tail so.
1: uh, tails never come out and said anything I, and i agree We're, i was on culture connection recently and, and we all said like if tail had said something maybe, maybe you believe it but he didn't say anything so i don't know I, I don't really care either
0: all right we got uh sabrina nominating uh milan club dublin uh responding or retweeting super rat at super Red lemon a uh, meme here that says nft users be like i don't care that you are sleeping with my wife i am the only one in legal official relationship with her, Milan club, Dublin saying, this is just Chalinolu. <laughs>
1: okay. God, that's low. That's low. Leave the. Man well, we alone. got a
0: couple of low blows here on the, on the culture of Twitter that were almost borderline disqualified based on our guidelines. I know. We're, we're getting soft. We're letting them in.
1: All so. right. So uh, Nima tweeted out horrible weekend for Nzagi brothers. As if losing the Derby wasn't enough for Simone now Filippo sacked by Brescia. And then Rocco says, clearly people couldn't handle the pressure. <laughs> <Who wants
0: that? laughs> All right. so on the clever side. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, like it. I see. Cool. It. All right. I think I nominated this one Saturnion with another entry. Uh, these doctors collapsed after a 48 hour surgery separating Interfan's lips from Milan's ass. <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot of complaining uh, after the Derby. It's there weird. There
1: was. There was. All right. Uh Bobby nominated this one. Uh, so <laughs> a brilliant example of double loop marketing well done by Arsenal. So Arsenal said your basket is empty as Tottenham's trophy cabinet.
0: Nice. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh Cliff is nominating Art Morelli. Um Hall cast looks like uh they were doing a stoppage time round twenty-four recap with Alex Dono and uh he just decided art decides uh poll. More prodigious set of Bellendor winning eyebrows. Like for Gianluca Mancini. Retweet for Luventino.
1: <laughs> Luventino was on the was on the call there. <laughs> yeah,
0: those were uh, those are some beasts he's got up there on his face. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, man, we're all getting nasty at each other. What's going I on know, here?
1: What is going on? All right, so uh we nominated Uncle Sharma. So Original tweet was uh, from the Spurs web. says, Tottenham are working to sign Arturo Vidal from Inter Milan. Conte has been in touch with him, blah, 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 blah. And so Uncle Sharma says, already upgrading on Benton Core. Nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take long, did it?
1: Did not take long.
0: Okay, Bobby is now uh, repl- you know sending a reply at Le Phantom Dennis. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, Tottenham losing to Southampton 3-2. Uh, and uh, Les Phantom Dennis, they don't even need to leave their own gaff to get battered now. Hashtag Spursy. <laughs> so,
1: uh, I was happy to see that result. Um, uh, moving on, moving on. Where are we here? He's Bobby's nominated himself this time. He says, Uh, dear on loan UV players, sorry you can't buy all the rest with your new club. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Kulashevsky and Benton Coor who are struggling at the moment for Tottenham.
0: Fair enough. Okay, uh, let's see. Napoleonismo um, retweeting the onion. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, dedicated Russell Westbrook stays late after practice to miss 100 extra shots. Napoleonismo saying this is just Kuliszewski after the game. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was good. Clever, clever. All right. Um...
0: Tico Inter Lover
1: says, uh, block my hair, Inter and Milan struggle more with Empoli and Genoa than Roma and Lazio. This is true. Uh, Someone commented, we struggle against only the big clubs.
0: This is true. (laughs) Okay, so um, at Leao Teo season... Replying to Lombardia Max. Okay, so Lo- Sari's notes found in San Siro dug up by a member of Milan coaching staff. Only three words on a single sheet of paper. Pioli's on fire. This is after Milan beat Lazio in the Coppa Italia, and it's Maurizio Sari drawing pictures of dicks.
1: <laughs> That's what he was doing.
0: <laughs> That's what he really was doing. <laughs> we're 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 we've we're, we've gone to uh, dick pics and insults. Yeah. Yep. On Who on Calcho Twitter this week. This is no. not what we this is not what we did this for.
1: No, it isn't. It is not. Uh, obviously the Kurt Zuma gate this week, which we uh, talk about the cats and stuff. But so Nima nominated this one. It says cats are going into the gyms now after hearing about Kurt Zuma. <laughs> cats working out big time.
0: <laughs> that was oh. at minota twenty three. I like that.
1: <laughs> this one we tried not to nominate.
0: This one we tried not to nominate, but you know, uh, Michael Lisi nominated. And by the way, uh, let's take the moment to uh, wish the best for my, for our friend Michael Lisi. Um, yes. Heard the news today that he suffered a stroke. Um, he did uh, jump on Twitter to let everybody know that he is uh, he's 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 doing well. All things considered, mm-hmm. probably be the best way to describe it. He seemed to be in good spirits, answering everybody's uh, tweets asking for you know well wishes, prayers. Um we just had him on a couple weeks ago to recap the derby did an excellent job with us he's our resident referee uh and uh loyal follower to City on sit down so I'd be remiss if we did not at least take a minute to recognize Michael and um Michael we're uh we're thinking about you and uh uh you're always uh you're in our thoughts you're in our prayers uh you know for a recovery and 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 getting back to normalcy here 100% 100%
1: um so- yeah, and then this one, uh, Lisi L- 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 nominated. This is from uh, from Gillis fifteen underscore. Uh, we try not to nominate this one, but, but Gillis did it himself. And so, uh, anyone check on Jerry Mancini and uh, he did a GIF of Jerry. This <laughs> is <says>, Leaf along <laughs> with the girl. <laughs> oh, the
0: old the 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 the, uh, the, the girl that uh, was mad about everybody, right? Right with Britney. Right. Yes, yes, that's it. Did we ever determine if that was a girl or if that was a guy that was just dressed in drag?
1: I honestly don't know. <laughs> Couldn't tell. Couldn't tell you.
0: Yeah, not something that I. Uh... Okay. Uh, this is a good one. At malt underscore Milanista. Mike Magnon, uh, Milan 4 0 Lazio, Coppa Italia highlights. <laughs> just him leaning against the post. <laughs> All the like action. Yeah,
1: that was good. That was good. Uh, let's see. Next one uh, nominated by Free Fricks. It's uh, rented this way. And he goes, uh, Bonucci and Ultra Sing Racist Chance versus Defending 101. It's the same picture. Nothing. Doing nothing. <laughs> 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 don't mind that. Oh, Okay. Do,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Okay. So uh, another one that Michael recognizing or uh, nominating uh, at Jillis15 underscore once again. You don't want to miss this post. Um uh, Frank Kessie with a cigarette in his mouth went out for a smoke, and Sergey Milinkovic Savage was still in my pocket. <laughs> he does own
1: SMS, it seems like, every time they play against each other. True, though. All right. <laughs> this is a code by Mark G., nominated by Giovanni Milano. It's Sampdoria with their new man, Sebastian G. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's good. That's leader the clubhouse right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we got a leader finally after all of uh, the insults and the disgustingness. Uh, um, all right, uh, uh, we nominated uh, at G Just Juve, our our good friend over there at a uh, good friend over there uh, who um, let's see, uh, Italian football TV. That's now four consecutive clean sheets in Serie A for Lazio. He's had four clean sheets and two clean nostrils.
1: Yeah, you see, did you see uh, sorry, clean his nostrils out? The cameras happened to focus right on him when he's cleaned his nose. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) disgusting. All right, let's see. Uh, calciatore brutti gets (laughs) speaking of snot. Yeah, this was
0: (laughs) oh, our calcio Twitter. Who won calcio Twitter? People, you are you guys have all gotten disgusting and insulting. Uh, focus, guys, let's get it back on track. All right. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, this is, this is the point where, and, and and Goku where Radish is uh, sacrificed by Sari. Uh, there you go, there's see the episode right there. should <laughs> see uh, anime it refers to uh, I guess anime. I don't know, I don't watch anime, so I, I'm
0: sure no, neither know. do I. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, uh, let's see. So, uh, Brian uh, responding to Michael, Michael had said, Someone tell Olegi the window is shut, another poor performance isn't bringing you an 80 million dollar midfielder. Um, and Brian saying, I'm old enough to remember two hours ago when I was told this bunch was Scudetto contenders.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, all right, Brian. Let's see. All right, Sergio nominates Paris Nich. is is getting the party and says, Uh, Delict is two underrated man, top five goalkeepers in
0: <laughs> <laughs> after his handball against yeah. uh Boga, yeah, yeah that, yeah, that got away from it. <laughs> oh man, okay, so. I nominated this one for who won Calcio Twitter at NYC Juventus uh, at with This is Joe Burrow walking into the Super Bowl, walking into his dressing room. Uh, Interesting outfit. Joe Burrow is Juventino and uh, at NYC Juventus, Forza Fede. Uh, You know it's true because he lost a final. (laughs) (laughs) i saw that
1: outfit that's interesting i'm Very... I'm
0: ready to go for the self-deprecation that might edge out the Javinko picture i yeah, mean we'll see yeah, we'll see yeah we, yeah we got we got one more left wait let's uh let's see uh, what this one's
1: about let's see where is the Les- last oh gosh this one yeah
0: this comes from Kira Palulu. he
1: says uh so the original tweet was uh, or i guess instagram was um casillejo saying no pain no gain so Kira Palulu says you need more pain than <laughs> no gain <laughs> Oh man! Oh, Thin man. as a
0: promise. So, oh, there's one
1: more. Here's one more.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Deep Alexa with another one. Uh, no way Roma fans can now have their own trophy. So <laughs> the Lego set. <laughs> the Lego bunt set. Oh. oh. man, it's oh. just. I think we're down to the Joe Burrow pick, and yes. we're down to the Jovinko pick. Jack yeah. Mark. Or the at NYC Juventus. <laughs> oh,
1: that's good. Uh, Where's the? Uh, Where's that? Where's that paint? I'm on. There it is. You know, I like self-deprecation. I
0: do. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's I don't awesome. know. This Jovinko pick is starting to it, hit me it's, different. It's
1: hilarious. It's hilarious. Cause you're like, "Where the
0: hell is he? <laughs> there he is." <laughs> <laughs> i'm going with jackal mark the more i look yeah at it. yeah yeah okay well done clever all right <laughs> well let me uh retweet this oh oh that's good that's good while well, you do that
1: <laughs> and i try not to laugh here uh shout out to uh all those who help us with the fan cams well first before i get into that Shout out to the Coucher Connection guys. Uh, they had me on this past week uh, to talk about the Coppa Italia matches from this past week. And so I got to talk about Milan's training session versus Lazio, joking aside. Uh, but that was fun. Definitely give those guys a follow. Uh, and then also now plugging the fan cam, the, the uh, all the people who help us up with the fan cams this week uh, for the Atalanta and Juventus game. We had Nick from Atalanta Passion. Uh, as well as Cliff Esmoyal to help us with the Juventus side of things. That was great for them. And then also mm. Napoli, uh, who did again? Napoli Inter. We had Rafa Biz from uh, the Rafa and Rafa rant. And then from the Inter side of things, Anthony Privetra uh, from Inter Worldwide. So thank you all for you, gentlemen, and everyone who's helped us so far. If you're interested in contributing to our fan cam reactions after the big games, uh, please reach out to us. Let us know. Our DMs are open. Uh, but yeah, we love having your guys reaction. We have, we're the neutral. We do the neutral reaction most of the time when it's not Milan. Uh, so it's good to hear what everybody, the true fans here of, think of their own team. So thank you again for contributions and give them all a follow.
0: Yeah. Great stuff. All four of you. I took the time today to watch all your videos and, uh, you brought the goods as you always do. Thank you, Paul. Uh, Thank you, Paul. So very much appreciated, Paul. Thank you. Uh, everybody in the chat. Thank you. Um, I, I will plug that, uh, yeah, we'll be back on here uh Sunday night at 8 30 eastern um and uh I will also be a guest on Milan weekly podcast next Monday night uh 8 eastern uh so uh check me out on that I think I've made the most guest appearances on that podcast Heard. between the two of us it'll be my fourth time okay. okay so it'll be my fourth time I did I did i I, I will say that I asked said I, dep- right? I just I sent Presidente a message and I said, You know, it's kind of been a while since you guys have had me on. What's going on here? So, you've been on four times. I've been on once, I think. Let's see. Yeah, one phone. Yeah. Fourth. This would be my fourth appearance next Monday. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to get on them now. So, yep. (laughs) Well, I've had to, like, look, the the first time it was like the old Skype thing. Second time they called me on my phone and then they had you on and they had you on video. And I was like, This is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to. I, I demanded they bring me on a third time so I could be on in video. Um, but then, and then I hadn't. We, neither of us had been on since. So I just reached out and I said, "Okay, you guys get on this already." We had Steve on. All right, let's let's return the favor. So <laughs> uh,
1: anyway. he was saving you, by the way. His shirtless Stevie was saving you that one time, which is uh, we are, are forever grateful. <laughs> now it's gonna know, forever live in
0: sit down. Forever gonna live in sit down. Yeah. Lore. So yeah. shirtless Stevie. Well, with that, we'll put a bow on this edition of Serie Sit Down. Anything else we got to plug? Probably, but I can't think of it at the moment. So, uh, yeah, as always, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. I'm everywhere and anywhere. All right, and you can follow me at FTC underscore 21, SETIA Sit Down. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. We're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Is Stitcher even around anymore? I never even hear of them. Yeah, I guess. Okay, well, well, I'll keep saying them until somebody tells me they're not around. Uh, but anywhere there's podcasts, you can find city I sit down. Uh, you can go to at city i sit down on Twitter or Instagram for any reaction to what you heard on this podcast. Any questions or comments uh, for future podcasts as well. You can also find us on Facebook um, so check us out on the social media. Uh, site uh, again. I want to give a shout out to the chat. You guys are lively. You did an amazing job. Some great conversations. Some great back and forth with you guys. You all contributed to the podcast, which we, uh, you know, certainly appreciate you. Um, we'll be back on Sunday night, February twentieth, eight thirty p.m. Eastern. Uh, maybe a little bit of a review of the Inter Liverpool game. Certainly next weekend's action, um, and maybe even taking some look aheads. And as always, who won Calcio Twitter? So join us for that. Um, Derby della Mole coming up. What's that? Derby de la Mole coming up. Is that this weekend? Friday. Oh, okay. Friday. Okay. So, Juve and Torino on Friday. It's probably to get Juve's game out of the way before their Champions League game at Villarreal. So, all right. Well, that'll do it for Richard. I'm Frank. Make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.